Get ready for a week-long celebration of music, community and fabulous fun with Joy Radiothon 2024. Joy has the largest collection of rainbow podcast content in the world and you can help keep us out loud and proud by donating during Joy Radiothon 2024. Just go to joy.org.au slash radiothon. Mark it in your calendars because Joy Radiothon returns June 1st to 7th and remember, we all flourish with joy. Welcome to a Joycast from Joy 94.9. Visit joy.org.au to find out more about our Joycasts. Salut tous mes belles gays et mes beaux lesos. C'est Matthew Mitchum et vous écoutez à Joy 94.9. Welcome to Been There, Done That on Joy 94.9. This is Chris with a little bit of a hoarse voice. Oh, well done. And this is Gordon having a giggle. And this is Phil saying the nays have it. <laughs> You're in for a shock this week, I tell you. Yeah, why the long face? Yes. <laughs> oh, no, enough of the jokes. Thanks very much, yes. We've got to pace ourselves today because there could be lots of laughter and a few tears as well in the uh, in the program. We're going to be talking about Mardi Gras, which is a scheduled day to me to go to the streets next weekend. We'll have to see if we recognise it when it goes on on the TV, because it's changing a little bit. 41 years for the, the Mardi Gras march. We'll be talking about POTUS. POTUS? Oh, God. every time I hear that word. And some of the strange events that have been happening overseas, including in Rome with the archbishops having a bit of a powwow. And they've, they've had the huddle and they've come out of the huddle. Are they going to play ball though? Well, I don't know what they're going to end up thinking about. They probably decided not to talk about it anymore. <laughs> Uh, we've got some little uh, stories from Overseas Press about TV programs and some public events where people have, have actually talked about don't you speak to me like that. That is inappropriate language and we are the subject of that language. Yeah, there's, I guess a lot of vocal opposition to public homophobia, which is really good to see. Yep. certainly is. It's being recorded and it is now the example for others to follow where they see homosexual slurring occurring. Let's happen on the sports field. Cricketers are not allowed to sledge anymore to the extent that they used to. Uh, so, about time. On, yeah, about time too. We've got that and lots more. So you've got to stay tuned. The gay and lesbian Mardi Gras it's next one, weekend. It's one of the biggest gay Mardi Gras in the world. Yeah. But they have straight people march too. Oh, that's right. Yes. Do they have to add that to the name? No, not really, because they're the, they're our gay allies. Certainly, that's right. And connected in response to the marriage equality, there was seventy six percent positive voting for marriage equality. So we've got a lot of allies. Well, that's ne- what's that? Nearly two years now, isn't it? Yeah. Two, two two Mardi Gras since we had um, equal marriage rights. Hang on, but the country's still functioning. Yes, that's right. The yeah. sky is still up there. Yeah, but not not according to some people, which we'll talk about a bit later. But oh, um, people from Queensland. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> not all of them. But but the interesting thing this year about Mardi Gras 
is the fact that uh, I heard them say on, I think it was the ABC, I was listening to the ABC and they were mm-hmm. talking about it, and they were saying that Mardi Gras hoped to go carbon neutral in f- by five years, in five years' time. The, the march and the residue from the march. Yes, and, all the, and what they use and all the rest of it. And this year they have, of course, have banned glitter. Goodness knows what a lot of the a lot of the people are going to wear with that they can't have their glitter. What was the reasoning behind that? I wonder. Well, uh, glitter is very very dangerous stuff because they 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 clean up the streets apparently as well as they can with the sw- with sweepers and everything after the Mardi Gras march, but a lot of it gets washed down into the ocean, and that's the problem. Into the harbour. Into the harbour. Yeah, where where, where wherever their stormwater drains go. And what is glitter made from? Plastic. Sheet of plastic, mm. which are then minced up into very, very small little diamonds. I think mince is the smaller. right word. Mince is the right well, word. Well, they'll still be mincing in the parade. <laughs> yes, that's right. That's what I mean. But it won't glow in the dark. No. No. Well, I can see why they would want to do that as a responsible citizen of the city. That's right. And also they're banning balloons. We haven't used balloons in Pride March here in Melbourne for a good 10 years, That's I would right. say. I, I can remember when we first started, they had the Joy, I think, it used to have a rainbow arch that they would carry down the, the street. It, it There's knows, been various yeah, various ways of, of, yeah, yeah, yeah. of re- representing the rainbow with balloons. That's right. But I, I think Arch left the organisation soon after that. <laughs> yeah, but I can remember way back, I, I, I go back a number of years now, when the, the AIDS Council always used to let off red balloons after the World AIDS Day. And they cancelled that years ago because they said that the balloons were... Um, bad for the environment. Well, they're uncontrolled once you let them go Mm. into the air. They can go anywhere and everywhere. That's right. And not many animals enjoy eating rubber. No. In fact, it kills them. Basically, yeah. And if it gets into the water... Not very digestible. If it gets into the water, it can kill turtles and and sea life and everything. of course, Mm. yeah. And one day the turtles are going to act up and come and get us. Good. Uh Like the, the dolphins did in The Simpsons. It's going to be a bit of a slow process. It could be. What about those character actors that were turtles? Come on. Oh, the the, the um, what's names? The the, um, oh, the teenage mutant two, teenage ninja mutant turtles. ninja turtles. Exactly. Yes, yes. They, they're dangerous. Mutant turtles. Yeah. Will Michelangelo. Come to get you. I can only remember Michelangelo. <laughs> they, they, that's the only one I can remember. <laughs> no, they will be well and truly after my time. Mm. However, forty-one years. And who would have thought? when they had that almost riotous thing that went on in Oxford Street 41 years ago, that it would develop into what we have now. Well, the 78ers were brave. They yeah. took on, they, they called out the New South Wales Police Force. And the government. And the government. Mm, called them all out. Yeah. Do not treat us this way. We are citizens of this land and we won't put up with it anymore. And we had our same moment here in Victoria with the Tasty Raid. Yeah, but the... I guess this is the gay response. Instead of hitting violence with violence, you turn it into a parade. And, and the fun. parade becomes more and more fun and more and more colourful and more political. But out of all that, we've become more acceptable. That's propaganda. And I'm a proper goose. Here's <laughs> <laughs> the source for the gander. That's the right. The goose. <laughs> yes. Propaganda means to propagate or to spread. Vicious rumours. In this case, the truth. This is who we are. Come and have a look. The seeds from a plant blow in the wind, thistle flowers and all those. They spread in the wind. They are propagated elsewhere when they come to settle. Now, how do they know where the gate is? 
<laughs> Just find that with the dogs at the That's park. They all know where the gate is to go out and get a drink. What's that park? How do seeds know when they do a proper gate? Ah, oh, thank you, Philip. I'll, I'll try not to take offence. <laughs> <laughs> no, don't Got to leave the fence there or the, the gate's fence. useless. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We have our parade, or when I say we, the Sydney Mardi Gras is held in the early evening. Yes. And Whereas a lot of international pride marches, or even Mardi Gras, are done in broad daylight. Yeah. Have you ever been to Mardi Gras in Sydney, marched in it? Oh, no, I've been a side, on the sidelines oh, a couple I've, of years. I've done three of them, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's, it's the most boring thing waiting for them to start. Oh, you would be. Oh, you're stuck there, and you can't go anywhere, and it's just it's just boring, boring, boring. But then once you get going, and you you start waving to the crowd and the having energy. a good time, mm, the energy takes over. Yeah, that's a. But it's it's a, it's an experience. It's a it's a great experience. It's the same as doing Pride March. It was an experience when yeah. we first had the first Pride March when I was in that too. Well, I wonder how political <laughs> any of the New South Wales or federal politicians will be. At this uh, Mardi Gras. Well, sort of like Malcolm Turnbull and, and his and um, Lucy Lucy were there for the last one. They sat in the free seats. They sat, well, I sat there and they, they got up and mingled with a lot of people as well. But I don't know whether uh, Mr. Morrison will be bothered to go there somehow. I, I have a vague feeling he's going to be somewhere else. He'll probably be in church. No, well, he could be with Fred Nile, but he could be uh, <laughs> other part, corners of the country hmm. getting ready to spruik his wares, he's in the Victoria. good advertising man that he is. But I'm sure he's going to be moving on. And there must be a flood or a bushfire or something happening elsewhere. Oh, I'm sure. a photo opportunity. <gasps> and he's, uh, this is all I hear about at the moment. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, yeah, but anyhow, um, he was on the um, ABC early, so I, but I didn't He was on all of the channels. Monday, yeah, beg your pardon, yeah, Monday. It was interesting. He's a, he's a very good salesman. Let's hope not too good because he's got an election to lose. Yes. Well, it's interesting. The interesting the latest figures that came out. Oh, we we're all going to vote for our friend in Queensland, aren't we? Our little nickel miner with his Advance Australia Party or whatever they're called. Yes. I've, I, I've, we're going to end unemployment. We're going to end homelessness. I've, all just by saying it. I've seen a couple of his pamphlets arrive in my letterbox that go straight into my recycle bin. Oh, you've got to read them. It's the best laugh you're going to have for years. Oh, I can't be bothered. Oh, it's hilarious rubbish. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Here we are. We've got someone going to sing a little song for us. I'll change your mind, says Kate miller Heideke. Now, how do I know her? She is going to represent Australia at Eurovision because she won the, that little competition we had a couple of weeks ago. The trialers. The trialers. And uh, it was very well received, apparently, too, from well, she's the audience. She's a classically trained alternative well, she, she, pop singer. She's got a very good voice. A oh, very yeah. good voice. And her dress was four stories tall. That's something like that, <laughs> yes. She seemed to be on the top of a ladder or something or other. Yeah. Uh, I'll change your mind, says Kate. together so good together everyone said it before you left i'd never felt alone you can find more joycasts and show blogs go to joy.org.au love radio joy is now on iHeartRadio. radio turn us on anywhere you're with Chris, Phil and Gordon, B 
been there, done that. Joy 94.9. And you can write to us at been there at joy.org.au. How novel. Yes. We like emails. We do. Yes. And we like to think somebody's listening. (laughs) (laughs) We do have lots of people who have woken up early in the morning during their morning walk or the morning exercise or even their ironing. Is that right, Gordon? No, I don't do my ironing on (laughs) early Wednesday morning. (laughs) That's that's Sunday morning. I have people come up to the front desk here picking up prizes or delivering stuff and they recognise my voice. And I think that's creepy. Because <laughs> I don't hear myself, or I don't sound the same when I listen back to the show. So I guess the voice in my head is not the one that comes out on the microphone. No, because we hear our own voice with a lot of bone conduction, whereas We've what we're hearing through the microphone is the air conduction. Yes. Different So I need to stick the microphone in my head. And wipe the blood off later. Okay. <laughs> Somebody else has got to use it. Yes, well, that's right. Oh. I'm so considerate. But oh. but uh, you, before you said before when you were saying what we were going to be talking about, you were talking about um, the uh, POTUS. Mm. Yes, which is the president of the United States. Yes, it took me a while to work that one out when Do I you first know who read Flotus it. is. The Flotus, F- first, first lady. lady of the uh, of the United States. Yeah. I learned that from The Simpsons. Oh, with uh-huh. Michelle Obama. Michelle Obama's float was yeah. Flotus, yeah. Well, yeah. of course, we don't have to ask which week is it that we're talking about when we refer to POTUS because he seems to be able to stick around for the full term. Well, he not like go. our own Prime Minister. Which you have to name now. Yes. You have to say Scott Morrison because if you just say Australian Prime Minister, you could be talking about anybody. Exactly. <laughs> Like, what time is it now? It could be someone else. Yes, that's right. Yeah, Ooh. but, but it, I, I think that it'll, it'll stay until we get the next election. But but um, Mr. Trump, Donald Trump, President Trump, whatever you want to call him, he's uh, been in the news lately because of, the, of, of our community. My interpretation is that the administration is getting a bit bolder and they're bowling out, they're, they're presenting policies or changes to administration that Trump would never have thought about, and uh, they've caught him on the hop. He brought in a thing to say that he was going to have transgender people uh, were not going to be able to work in the army. Yeah. And and by taking out a lot of those transgendered uh, people, he was taking out people that would could work in the back rooms mm. that were... were Perhaps Arab speakers and different well, language they, speakers, you know, and, he, and they, they had were, skills had skills that they can't be replaced, and they weren't necessarily rifle fodder. No, no, yeah, but they would never be going to be rifle fodder because they had these special abilities. Exactly. But the, the, he was um, going to do he, this. He, yeah, he was freaked out with the concept that oh, the army or the defence forces have got those sort of people in the ranks. But his officials, or United States officials, confirmed to NBC News that there was a campaign that will target dozens of countries where it's still illegal to be gay, that reportedly aimed at denouncing Iran over its human rights record. So there's a bit of politicking in there. Oh, yeah. And then I think it was the next day at the, <laughs> the press conference, a reporter got up and asked him about the the policy to decriminalise homosexuality in countries around the world. And he basically said, what? What, <laughs> what? what are you talking about? What are you talking, talking about? about? Yeah. So, yeah, he, he has a personal record that's shockingly poor for our community. And he's 
troops were out there trying to score some political points and trying to be positive, and he had no idea what they were talking about. So it was probably more against his administration calling their bluff, what do you think you're doing? But he should be a little faster on his feet. But he, but he, but all he can, all he, all he appeals to is his base supporters. His who Tea Party is his party that he that he, he spoke to. But there was a, I was watching a, a television program and there was a, a gentleman on there that was being interviewed who had written a book, and he was saying that at one stage there was the, there was four of them in the in the Oval Office explaining to Mr. Trump about a policy. He turned his chair around and started looking out the window. And then about ten minutes later, got up and walked out of the room without hearing the end of the end of the the thing that the they briefing. were trying to the briefing that they were trying to give him. Whoa. You know, you, where do you where do you go from that? You know, it's all right for him to go to meet people like Kim Jong Un and be Putin's best pal in the world, um, but what is he doing for the rest of the country? Of course, and of course, the people that rely on the rest of the, the world, rest of the world, mm. in effect. Mm, yeah. Mm, mm. Uh, well, you, you realise there is a back backstory behind all the Putin Trump oh this is arrangements. This is going to come out. He, someone is suggesting that Trump is actually in Putin's pocket, and all the overtures from the US to the former Russian states uh, is to create. This contra, this opposition, mm. uh, and that will therefore result in the demise of the European United States yeah, well or they, United countries. Well, they, well, he's trying to get rid of NATO to start with. Well, yeah, yeah, but NATO and EU will all disappear because Trump will have then sided with the lesser states and the big state of, of Russia. Mm. So, you know, the, the so our community are really small fry compared to what everything exactly, else he's doing. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, but it still, it still makes you boil when people just don't realise that we yeah. are human beings and we are part of the state and we are part of the countries mm. that we live in. You know? uh, however, we've got the example of a US waitress and she was serving and had this particular customer and got the cash register uh, amount from the till and put it on the, the table as handed you do. Handed him the bill. Handed him the bill and he wrote upon it. I don't tip bags. <gasps> and she said, oh, well, one One quote gosh. is, I'm not a bag, I'm a dice. <laughs> so <laughs> let's, let's correct him to start with. Yeah, so there's a whole series of little quotes so, Philip, take us through it, please. Oh, I just, well, you can't believe this sort of thing would happen. She basically said to him, you, sir, are a sad excuse for a human, uh, which is true. <laughs> not, not far wrong. Yeah, why did you feel the need, sir, to write that on there, referring to I don't tip fags? If you don't like gay people, then that's whatever, that's, it's what it is what it is. But to say something like that, just don't tip me. You know, if you've got a problem with me, don't tip me, but don't give me a label, is what yeah. she's saying. But her comments have gone, I hate the word, viral, because if it truly went viral, it would have ended up in my inbox, in my email. <laughs> That's how a virus would do it. But, um, yeah, her response was not to just sit down and, and take it and basically address him face-to-face. But but, is, but the, the I, th- I thought her... Restaurant owners stood up to her for her very well. When when they found out what had happened, the whole lot of them grouped around her to make sure she was okay. And then people were coming in and giving her money 
in place of the man's tip that he didn't leave. Mm. And they were all coming in and saying, and, and the whole thing has been, um, the, the people of the, city, the town have yeah. come in and looked, looked after her, but they've also now know who the man is because they had CCTV inside the place and they know exactly who it was. So they said if he ever comes back to the place, he's going to get thrown straight out again. Well, the, the, the nice way they put that was that um, we, we've identified the abusive customer by using the restaurant surveillance system and that he would not be served there again. Yes. <laughs> Which is a... A very nice hand signal I can think of right now, which would describe that. Yeah, so. but it, but received hundreds of thousands of. of uh, oh, the support things. was the support overwhelming. Was overwhelming, yeah. you know, because you just don't say those sort of things. Yes, look, if you think it, you got a. But he's big in Texas. Problem. He's in Texas or Indiana. So Indiana it's was not, not far away. Not far away, yeah. But the, the one of the southern states. Yeah, if you're in a place called Fort Wayne, you probably don't have a gay club on the corner. <laughs> <laughs> or wasn't Wayne gay? No. A little John. bit of a quick uh, response uh, to the current affairs happening in Rome, where all the cardinals have gathered, had a four-day sit-down and, and gab-fest. Were with, they discussing with, cardinal with, knowledge? With, oh, oh. <laughs> I'm glad you put the D I, in. I pronounced it. <laughs> I was going to say there was one nun there. Oh, it's a liberal one. party. Yeah. Well represented. Yeah, well, well indeed. <laughs> She spoke very well too. She they was on were the television. addressing the topic of child abuse, yeah, mm. pedophilia, mm. etc., etc. That's right. Mm. And I don't know whether anything's going to come of it. I would hope that it does. Well, the Pope has described the perpetrators as tools of the devil. Oh, that's pretty well the end but of the, the story. But the Bishop of Brisbane, Coleridge, he was over there. He was. He was able to give them a huge insight into what happened in our royal commission, which I'm sure that the church knew all about anyhow, oh, because yeah. it would have been they would have had their reporters in at every yeah. part of that royal commission and finding out exactly what was done to these children. But mm. was he the one who said that elderly priests like himself shouldn't be the ones making the decisions? Well, who else is going to be? Because they're all so bloody old anyhow. Mm. But, but well, the the old way has been quite evil. Hmm. If you're molesting kids, your organisation has got a huge problem. But, but I, can, I, can, I couldn't understand how they were, the Pope was going to have a, a, a mass in, in St. Peter's Square. And I can't imagine why anybody that had been absolutely abused by these people would stay in that church, would stay there. I would have walked out of there and burned a, a church down or something stupid. Yeah, you know? A lot of people are having the same thoughts, Gordon. Are they? Yeah, mm. so mm. there we are. Mm. Anyway, Dusty Springfield is going to sing to us about the son of a preacher man. She was Notice good, it's the son of the preacher man. She was a very good Catholic lady as well. Yes, and she had a lot of guilt because of it. You're on Joy 94.9. Been there, done that with Gordon, Phil and Chris. And when his daddy would visit, he'd come along When they gather round and started talking Dust and Billy would take me walking Out through the backyard we go walking Then he look into my eyes Lord knows to my surprise The only one who could ever reach me Was the son of a preacher man The only boy who could ever teach me Was the son of a preacher man See what he was To find out more about Joy 94.9, check out joy.org.au. You're with Chris, Gordon and Phil. Been there, done that. Joy 94.9. 
Thanks for being with us, and also thanks to the memory of Dusty Springfield. Yes. Well, why are we sort of remembering her at this stage? On the 2nd of the March 1999, she died, having been born on the 16th of April 1939. She was Mary O'Brien, a she very was, good Irish name, wasn't it? She was. She was a Catholic girl, and she suffered, as you indicated before her music, that she suffered from Catholic guilt mm. as well. A hell of a lot. Because and and uh, what was she to be guilty about? Well, she realised that she was attracted to other women <gasps> and she was, uh, and she didn't feel that, that was right according to her religion, which caused her to have a lot of problems. And it, uh, it actually she did a lot of drinking because of those problems with this guilt. But she did have a couple of relationships that lasted quite a while. But she was also a perfectionist when she sang. She would actually go into a recording studio and the recording studio would be there for ever just to do one song because she wouldn't get one word didn't sound right and they'd have to do it all again or they'd do a phrase and then stop and do it again and this sort of thing. It's usually she, the producer that does that to the artist, isn't that's it? That's right, but she did it to the producer because she used to drive, drive them a bit wacky. I read this all in a very good biography of her that went right through her life and the way she did it. It was very interesting, a very interesting lady. She made a comeback, of course, with the Pet Shop Boys. And, However, um, she... It was too late for her. It yeah. was too late for her, mm. but... Like a lot of people who get into the limelight, they're there because their life not on the stage is such a cruel event. Mm. And they have to move into their other life to to get some form of relief from the pressures of the church, of society in general, or whatever it might be. So She she actually died of breast cancer, which was what was the problem with her, which killed her off. mm, Mm. But we've got Disney TV in the US. They've got a TV show going to air at the moment, which is not aimed at our age bracket. It is, uh, I think, 6 to to 16 or something like that. 6 to 14, it is. 6 to 14. Yes, the show's called Andy Mac. Okay, then. And I've never seen it. Andy is a girl. Yeah. Yeah. She's a girl that goes to school, and it's all about her two friends at school. It's about, this is one of those friendship things at school. It's got a good following in America. But but what happened, Philip? Well, they found themselves a troll on the internet. Oh, God. Yes, living under a bridge, I suspect. (laughs) To quote the troll, and this is probably on Twitter where you can be anonymous and hateful. This person says, I'm very disappointed in the way this show has been directed. There are some very good messages through the show for its young audience. But introducing gays is a very poor example to the young adults watching the show. As if there's something wrong with gay. How was this gay character introduced? Earlier in the series, he confided to a friend that he had a crush on a boy called Jonah. And this, this character's name is Cyrus Goodman. So he must be good. He's good. He must be a good man. Yeah. And but he specifically came out in this one scene, and he was the first Disney character ever to say the words "I'm gay," and that's Whoa. a is a seventeen year old actor playing, I think, a fourteen year old in the show, and he's mm. got a young enough face to to get by. Yeah. But his response to the troll, remember, he's seventeen years old, and I'll quote him: "He says, I'm sorry you feel that way. Here's the thing, though." Gay kids are going to exist no matter whether you like it or not. And we need to support and love all kids in every way we can. When somebody realises they are gay, 
I want them to identify with something so they're not alone. Now, I wish I'd had a gay character on any TV show when I was growing up to show that it was normal or possible. It's a good reply from a young uh, person like that, you know. Well, he concluded with the other bit of the argument. He replied, It's fine to have your opinion, but we're just trying to explain how an opinion like that one that supports LGBTQ kids not having a voice can be really damaging. Mm. And that's exactly it. And that's the reason why in Victoria we've got safe schools so that bullying and calling out is not permitted. It's it's, just not allowed. But it's education. If you can show the wider community that gay people exist, they're not evil... They're really wonderful people in most cases and that they're just normal in every other way. And you do that through children's television to introduce a whole new crop of kids Mm. and just they would now learn to accept it because, well, frankly, they've seen it on TV. I'm just wondering whether the person that wrote in that comment didn't like the fact that Disney were doing it because there's this this Disney um, thing about it, you know. Well, Disney is particularly white bread. Yeah. It is, but <laughs> they do have one day of the year. Oh, oh, Disneyland and Disney World have open days for open the gays. Open for the gay community, yeah, we know that. But Walt Disney himself was very, very white bread and uh, they didn't put anything into their shows that was not... Um, well, he, his era was a very, very different time. Oh, yes. I would hope that he, if he was producing television today that he would be cutting edge and forward looking but he would be a different man to what he was in the 60s but then again it's happening all over the world because here in australia we have a senator in queensland who said kids shouldn't have to know about gay parents that was the lovely senator mcdonald this was in the year 18 what (laughs) that was just recent yeah it was in uh, february 2019, there you are. No, he actually was of the opinion that these things, obvious, shouldn't be discussed at anywhere at any time. Okay, you can exist, but I'm going to ignore you. It's like closing your eyes and and putting your fingers in your ears and saying, tra-la-la-la-la. And then walking across the road against the red lights, yes. (laughs) If only. (laughs) So we're, we're subscribing to the rule that ignorance is bliss. If ignorance Don't is, tell me how the world is. If, I'll tell you how the world is. If ignorance is bliss, tis folly mm. to be wise. Is a very old expression. But then because the, the, the senator was way off beam about what he was saying. Because let's face it, every every teenager that is a working, going to school and everything these days, every one of them probably knows a gay person, whether they be gay or a, a, a lesbian or whatever. They would know someone. And when I've asked parents, gay parents of kids at school, how do the rest of the kids cope with the fact that it's got two dads dads or two mums? They don't have a problem. Some of them have only actually got one parent. Yeah, this is right. They say, you're lucky. Yeah, but that's, this is what McDonald was carrying on about, about the two, anybody going to school and saying they've got two dads. Mm. How does the ordinary child understand the, the concept of two dads rather than that, and that would make them feel different? The straight kids would be feeling different because they don't have two dads? Like, hello. Mm-hmm. I think the kids are just going to say, oh, so you've got two dads. I've got a mum and a dad. Yeah, right. End of story. End of story. But he's been a a Liberal senator since 1990. Yeah. I don't think he's had a thought since then. So he hasn't learnt anything. 
you hasn't kept he, up too well. You said he's Queenslander? Hmm. Yeah, so maybe it's 1890. Yeah. Oh, it could have been, yeah. yeah, <laughs> but yeah. I, I would, I would want, I'd like to know how his electorate voted in the um, equal marriage uh, mm, plebiscite. It would be interesting, wouldn't it, to see yeah. how, how they voted. And how representative he uh, is his, of, of that. that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I'd like because to know that. not only have the curtains faded... <laughs> That was unkind and uncalled for. However, moving right along, in uh, Canada, the University of Montreal has found that gay dads make great parents. Why wouldn't they? In this day of scientific proclamations, you've Mm. got to have evidence. You've got to prove it. You've actually got to prove the opposite so that the only answer is always what you're trying to to justify. That's right. This is what they've done with these surveys. They recognise there was always one dad who did a bit more and they therefore categorise the dads as principal and secondary caregivers. But that's in a normal family, Chris. But they have to be better because if you go and say, Dad, can I have a new iPod? A straight dad would go and say, just go ask your mother. Yeah. (laughs) In most relationships, there is somebody that does a bit more than the other one. And if you're raising children, what you bring forward in your rearing of a child is what you learnt as a child normally. If you had good parents to bring you up, you will will bring your children up in that sort of vein. Part of the survey concluded that gay dads could be playmates, caregivers, protectors, role models and morality guide. So parent, in other words. Oh, They're parents. Words. So you don't really but, need but, the gay bit, do you? No, you don't but, need the gay bit. You're parents. It's that expanded bit, morality guides. Yeah, yeah. Because they, would they be can't able to... convert the kids to be gay, no. but they can say, we are a gay family, we are gay parents, but your playmate, they've got... A male and a female parent. And the point, and, the, and then the kid can see that there are variations. Yeah, but the, also the point is that the, the, the children in, in with two gay dads may be straight children and they're going to grow up yeah. and they're going to go out and, and meet their girlfriends or and then but the but they will be well aware of the fact yeah. that there are different people in the world. Yeah. Yeah, oh, but but two dads are a lot less likely to teach their kids how to hate straight people. Because you you could pick up from your parents that all oh, gay people are a problem, or you know I'll I'll hate who dad hates sort of thing. Hmm. You're not likely to get that from gay parents. Well, you're not going to be brainwashed. This is the point into thinking the way that a lot of straight children are brought up. Yeah. Well, they've had religion shoved down their throat. You're with Corden, Phil, and Chris. Been there, done that. Joy ninety four point nine. You're listening to a Joycast from GLBTIQ Community Radio Station Joy ninety four point nine. You're with Gordon, Phil and Chris. Been there, done that. Joy, 94.9. I've got the anniversaries book opened. Oh, have you? There's a few anniversaries this week. We opened the show with Matthew Mitchum, the Australian Olympic diver, born on the 2nd of the 3rd, 1988. He was speaking to us in French. Mais oui, His birthday is very easy to remember. Can be on on Mardi Gras day, or it's the day before or the day after. Yeah, well, he's he's got a big parade celebrating yes, uh, this year birthday, because exactly he? on the day. So <laughs> yes, so there you um, go. But he was born in the bicentennial year, wasn't he? Nineteen eighty-eight was that the year? That's right. Yes, nineteen eighty-eight. But he's also he shares a birthday with some pretty famous people, actually, too. Oh, another one of them is uh, on the 2nd of the 3rd, 1942, Lou Reed, the US rock musician who died back in 2013. Is that long ago? 
Yeah. Mm. Whoa. Yeah. Well, I should have sent a card. <laughs> oh, no. Well, he wouldn't have known whether you did or you didn't. He was another one of these alternative... Weirdo. Weirdo. Yeah, yeah, sure. <laughs> well, he was a Under, character. Underground alternative yes. person. Yes. And his, his most famous song was Walk on the Wild Side, I would have no, thought, wasn't it? Lou Reed. Yeah. Was yeah. It walk, walk on, on the, the wild, wild side. side. Yeah. Hey, babe. Hey, babe. Walk, on, walk the on the wild side. Ah, now that's right. <laughs> now he had that distinctive style of yes, sort of, of singing, uh, speaking. Uh, well, speaking, yeah. Mm. And a few other non singers uh, had songs in much the same style. That's right. Walk on the wild. And that's where trans people got a little bit of exposure. Yes, that's when he, he became a she. That's right. Yeah. But and I said, hey, babe, walk on the wild side. Now, what was that song about? Was that actually being commercial? Never sort of really got what it was no. all about. It just just knew that he was talking about somebody that was totally different. And you know. his life, he was totally different as well. And he felt that he, it would seem, needed the support of various chemicals oh, yeah. to yeah. Uh, get through the bumpy side of his well, life. He was in a particularly chemical decade. <laughs> that yeah, that's lived. right. Yeah, the sixties was. A, yeah. I think they, what they say if you live through the sixties, you can't remember it. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I finished the sixties at the age of nine, so I didn't have many chemical dependencies no, at that no. time. <laughs> well, as an adolescent, apparently, according to his sister, uh, he suffered from panic attacks, became socially awkward, and possessed a fragile temperament. But he was highly focused on things that he liked, mainly music. Mm. I think if you put on your 21st century diagnostic skills, you might suggest that he had something that's identified these days and uh, it's given a bit more focus. Does it have anything to do with attention? It could be. And and deficits? It could be. It could also be not in aspic. No. no. That's that's jelly, isn't it? Yes. yes. But 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 in his first year of college, he was brought home one day having a mental breakdown, after which he remained depressed, anxious, and socially unresponsive for a time, and that his parents were having difficulty coping. So what did they do? The parents took themselves and Lou to the shrink. And what do the, the whole of them agree to? That he should be given some anti-homosexual treatment. Oh, here we go again. He, exactly, exactly. <laughs> so, in fact, he got ECT, electroconvulsive therapy. therapy. Which is a shocking thing to do to people. <laughs> Stop it! <laughs> Pun intended, unfortunately. Uh, yes, and that's where he wrote the song, Kill Your Sons. Mm. Yeah, yeah, but what, what hope have you got if your parents... Try to shock the gay out of you. Yeah, a lot of people try it. Thank mm. goodness those days are well and truly behind it, because uh, psycho- not a psychological disease. Yeah, but there's still parents that are taking children to these <sighs> gay conversion therapies, which we're going to make <laughs> illegal in Victoria. Well, we need to introduce the firing squad for the parents. Yes. yes. And you're listening to Been There, Done That on Joy 94.9. 27th of February 1932 was born Elizabeth Taylor, the US film star. Her parents were actually American. Her parents were American, but he, the father was in London to open a gallery, and her mother was an actor who had given up the stage when she got married. They moved back to America when Elizabeth was seven years old. And the, the striking thing about Elizabeth Taylor were her violet-coloured eyes. That was very rare to have that colour in your eyes. She is actually a dame of the British Empire. Yeah, because she was born in Britain. She, despite all the wealth, 
or because of all the wealth that she garnered as a, a film star, she became a humanitarian and an AIDS activist because one of the people that she knew fairly well closely, not intimately, closely, was Rock Hudson. He and was a good she friend knew him at the time <laughs> when he was suffering from the early stages of HIV, AIDS. Well, she was one of the few people in Los Angeles that went to him. She just knew that he was sick and she didn't care what it was. She went to him and gave him comfort and tried to look after him a little bit. But it made her very aware of what was going on and she then became a huge fundraiser and supporter of the um, AIDS. Well, I guess she was made aware of what the government was not doing. Well, that's right. And raised the funds privately. Reagan couldn't even say the word AIDS, could he? No. She obviously was well tuned into Hollywood and the pressures on some of the actors mm, mm. because she also she appeared with James Dean that's before right before he's died before well, he died yeah well obviously well <laughs> after he died he wasn't much of an yeah, actor but, she, but wasn't I th- wasn't she one of the no she wasn't in any of his movies yeah but her first very first movie was National Velvet which was an absolutely beautiful film with this beautiful child playing the part of a of, of a horse one with a horse National Velvet. Yeah. Yeah. She didn't play the part of the horse. Didn't yeah, play the part of the horse, but she yeah. rode the horse, you know. There it yeah. goes again. Yeah. Well, uh, Chris started all... the show a little horse. <laughs> <laughs> also, one of her co-stars was Montgomery Cliff. Oh, yes. She now, loved Montgomery. he was a gay man who was sort of out. And no, he wasn't really. He was drop-dead gorgeous, but then he had a car accident and damaged his face. Oh, and no. that, made, that made his star that was in the firmament of Hollywood yeah. Crash a little, oh, well and, and she she supported him as well and got him back into movies and things. But he it, it upset him so much he became a bit of a drinker, recluse. a drinker and recluse. Yeah, yeah. yeah. that's yeah. just a sign of how Hollywood has changed. Because in the eighties we had Star Wars with Mark Hamill, who was really quite a cute young man, and then before the next Star Wars movie, he had a car accident and ended up with a scar on his face, oh. which they used to his advantage. Did they? Oh, so there was a battle scar in one of the battles, right. the space mm-hmm. battles. Wow. Quickly, before we have to go, because the time is ticking away, back in the 3rd of March, 1837, the city of Melbourne was named. After uh, Lord Melbourne. Who was? He was Prime Minister of England. He was the Prime Minister when Victoria came to the throne, and he was the one that guided her through the first few years of her reign when she was only an 18-year-old child, girl, oh. young lady. And um, she always felt that he was the greatest thing, influence in her life, mm. apart from Albert and the nine children. Wow. But somebody in England decided that they should call the place Melbourne after Lord Melbourne. So that's how we became Melbourne. And Victoria just snuck her name in there too, didn't she? Yes, that's right. We got Victoria, so we got also got Melbourne. And Melbourne was a major whaling port in the early days. It was the first whaling port in, in Australia, actually. Because the ships would come out from London, and then while they were here, they went that's out right. and killed yeah. a whole bunch of whales. Yep. Whoa, that's right. naughty, naughty, naughty. Not very green, and there's, huh? a, there's an actual whale on the Victorian flag. The Melbourne flag. The Melbourne flag. Oh. There's a whale on the cor- oh, one corner. Let's go and look at it. One corner, okay, there's a whale then. in the bottom left-hand corner. Yes, and, and he doesn't look very well. Just, <laughs> of course not. <laughs> and on the 19th of February, 1879, the foundation stone was laid for the Melbourne Exhibition Building, yep. which is there still in all its glory, and it's one of the wonders. It is a World Heritage Trust building, you too. You cannot do anything to it anymore. It is no. a World Heritage Trust. 
Well, it looks pretty well finished. I don't think you need to do anything to it. A they, few they years ago, there was additions tacked onto it, which were hideous. And they took them off. They had to reduce it back to the original building to get it on the World Heritage List. In. It is time for us to go, so we'll catch you next week. And thanks for listening, yeah. whether you hear us on the radio, on the web, or on podcast. Yes. Thank so you. Thank, thank you, you for being here and doing this. Bye for now. Bye. Bye. This Joycast is a free service brought to you by Joy 94.9. Support Joy 94.9 by becoming a member at joy.org.au. This podcast was produced by Joy Media. You can support Joy's diverse sound and diverse community this June by donating to Joy Radiothon 2024. Go to joy.org.au slash radiothon. And remember, we all flourish with Joy. Joy.